are listening to Lead, Speak, Grow with your host, Dr. Makisha Mullins, also known as Dr. Mac. Lead, Speak, Grow is a space curated for those ready to take the lead in their lives, speak a truth that affirms them in their purpose, and places them on a path of continuous growth. This is a safe space where I have real conversations with guests about life challenges and how they've overcome them. I hope you are inspired to lead, speak, and grow today and every day forward. I have the privilege of speaking with today none other than Mr. Troya Wise, who is the owner of Aspire Counseling and Consulting Services, Inc. in Northern Alabama. He has been in the industry for approaching 20 years, almost 20 years now. (laughs) Can you believe that? (laughs) Time flies when you're having fun. And I'm just going to talk today about some of the work he's doing in the area, how he's supporting um, families, um, marriages, and also his fellow counselors and aspiring counselors um, in the area. So I just want to say thank you, Choya, for spending this time with me today. Awesome. I'm happy to be here. Awesome to be here. Yes. So I just want to start off by saying, what does your day-to-day life look like? Because I think most people, when we think of counseling and therapy, for those of us that have ever been to, had a counseling or therapy experience, we just imagine that that's just what the person is doing all day, just yeah. sitting and listening to us and whatever our, <laughs> our, our needs are. Yeah. Um, so so what does that look like for you with the spy? Yeah, it's it, my, mine is probably a little bit different than some uh, because it's just all that I'm involved in. And I'm still kind of trying to learn and understand my role to this day. When I got into counseling, I knew that I, I wanted it to be a big part of what I do. But I knew... <clears throat> that it wasn't for me to see five or six or seven a day. Um, so, uh, you know, part of my day will involve uh, seeing seeing people one-on-one. Uh, part of my day, uh, you know, maybe three times out of the week includes me uh, being involved with uh, clinical supervision where I'm pretty much you know, training other therapists who want to become independent clinicians. Then I have my Facebook group. Uh, we've got about 1,100 or more now. And so I'm still learning the whole works about how to grow through social media and to try to put in good, valuable content from that capacity. So I'm working on that as well. And then I've got a nonprofit that I'm working on as well as uh, something to um, uh, uh a little side venture to offer continuing education uh, to to practitioners, uh, social workers, um, and, and 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 people from different other fields of mental health in the field. So, um, to, I mean, my day involves a lot of admin. Uh, it involves a lot of admin. It involves like when I'm talking to my clients, I, I do that. I take my notes. I see them maybe for you know, about three hours or so. And then I'm just jumping into just trying to learn more about the industry. I'm, I'm head of marketing, you know, so I, you know, I'm trying to come up with marketing strategies. So I spent, you know, almost, you know, some hours of the day, almost every day doing that. And so it's just a big mix. It's a big mix. Yeah. Well, so, okay. You named, you know, I usually we think about all the hats. All that more complicated, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. that's a lot of hats though. Yeah. Cause like you think, you know, normally we think about like, Oh, we have our professional hat. We have our, <laughs> you know, our personal hat, maybe a community. So, but now you have about four professional hats yeah, yeah. That, that you're wearing. Um, yeah. So 
talk to me a little bit about, I, I think is extraordinary, the supervision that you do for other aspiring counselors. So, so what does that all entail? Yeah, what it is, and it's, it's something really exciting to me. I love it. I love clinical supervision. Um, what it is is that I have, I have a few groups of aspiring professionals, or they're already professionals, but they aspire to be independent to where they can just hang up their shingle just like me. And so the state requires that they go under uh, about two years, two years of having someone like me to kind of um, train them, to make sure they're meeting the competency levels, to, to make sure that they're ready to go out and practice and do what's needed to be done to change lives and, 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 and to move things that way. And so um, usually for uh, it's about an hour, um, an hour, one hour uh, each week. Uh, for about a total of four hours. And so on some days, like on Wednesdays, I have two groups. Uh, and on Mondays, I, you know, yeah, today I have two. And, and then uh, on Mondays, I have a group. And, and then on Fridays, I have a group. And so mainly we're just trying to get them ready. And I'm really passionate about that because I get the opportunity to share some of my experiences and some of the techniques that I use and practice to try to help people to grow. I, you know, when I'm having a breakthrough, I'm always excited to bring it to the group. And they're usually pretty uh, entertained by it to just show, you know, I ask them questions like, what would you do in this situation, scenario? How would you help this person that is, you know, suicidal and, and um, you know, whatever this and that, how would we bring bring them over based on the situation. And so we do a lot of those problem solving skills and things like that in supervision. Right. So, so we're, you're also a teacher. Yeah. A lot of teaching education with that. Yeah. And so now, so now the Facebook group yeah. that you start, when did you start this Facebook group? Cause I think it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah really the, the peer-to-peer um, support that you're doing and that you instigated there. So talk about that Facebook group, what it's called, yes. what is it called? When did you start okay. it? Okay. All right. Yes. Yeah. I, I started the Facebook group, I believe it was around August of last year. And I was in the process of getting some coaching just to support my business. I try to make it a, a, a constant thing is like a lot of us just don't invest in in, in, in our craft or what we want to become, you know, we, we look at influencers, but then we don't necessarily take the time or uh, we want to just get all the free stuff. So I used to be that guy. Um, but now I I've spent a lot of money investing in myself and, uh, actually one of my coaches, I always wanted to provide continued education. So long story short, um, we kind of used that as a lure to um, to get people into the group. And they were like, well, what you're going to do is you're going to be that guy. You're going to be the head person and you're going to talk and you're going to be the influencer and all that. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. I just like my side life, and just, you know, my life away from work. And I don't want to keep doing all that stuff. I don't want to do all that. I'm not I've never been big in the social media, um, but I, I learned to learn from people who know what they're doing. And so I had to adapt. And uh, I've been enjoying it. It's a, we got about 1,100 social workers, and I'm being able to do all the things that I've wanted to do is share. It's free. Just share information freely. Try to help people who are trying to uh, maybe pass the board or who trying to who trying to start their business. Like right now, I'm putting little tidbits as I'm going through the process of building uh, um, a nonprofit. I'm walking them through that process, you know, at no charge. So um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a great experience uh, for me to share with other social workers throughout the community. And it's just really growing fast. 
Yeah, 1,100 people, that's pretty awesome in, in a year's time. Yeah, for me it is. It's significant for me. With some of these other, with their 300,000, for any. That's significant for anyone, I think, to just have started. You know? Yeah, I would say so. And they're active. And I think it's... Yeah, and so now let's let's switch to the counselor. Okay. The counselor hat. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 probably my favorite. I always had the. Um, ever since I was young, I wanted to be a businessman. Uh, I, I never, I don't, I don't know what it was. I just wanted to own a business. Um, since I was little, uh, and my mom had me cutting grass and going door to door doing what we called in gathering, which means you went and knocked on people's door and asked for money or selling books, you know, uh, knocking on doors, <laughs> doing cold calls, uh, per se, uh, and, and, and things like that. So, I, um, you know, and so I evolved into being able to do, uh, private practice, uh, and it's something that I love because it's close to home, um. I love really, um, before I was doing this as a social worker, just, you know, if you're a social worker at heart, you just always trying to help people. And so I was just trying to help people, but I wasn't really charging. And what happened was, um, that I was trying to help people. They weren't listening. <laughs> and, uh, so I said, like, if I'm put all this time into this thing, you know, that's not the whole story. I'm, I'm going to put all this time into this thing and people still getting divorces and, you know, not paying me no mind. I might as well get paid for it. So that way, if you don't do anything I say, at least we're both happy. Well, I hope, I don't know if you're happy or not, but, you know, I, you know, it's a mutual benefit. You don't listen and I get paid. But uh, so, so uh, <laughs> that, uh, and, and then we saw a couple of people get divorces that were kind of close to us and we had tried to help them. And I said, I don't want to, I mean, and I don't normally see people that I know, but I just said, I don't want to be in a position where I can't help people uh, who are going through these things because I felt like I had the solutions to do that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was able to establish the uh, private practice after getting laid off from a Fortune uh, 100 company. I was working for a big company, Humana, and they had uh, mass layoffs and I was in it. This time I didn't pray for them not to let me go. And they let me go. And uh, it's a, I don't want to get into the deep story because it'd take up a lot of time. But, you know, we just went out on faith and we started up this practice. My wife believed in me. And, and here we are. My specialty is relationship counseling and anger management. But I see I deal with a lot of people who have experienced trauma uh, that are having uh, people who are experiencing relationship issues, people who are experiencing, you know, significant levels of depression. I never thought I would want to work with people that were depressed or angry. Um, but uh <laughs> Because I started out because because you're kind of a chill person. Yeah, and I, I'm like trying you're to send positive like... vibes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I definitely didn't want to deal with angry people. Uh, but then the Lord said, "Well, you you were that man. <laughs> you did a Nathan on me. You know what I'm saying?" And so uh, Allison said, "I, I changed you, but then you don't want to want to share how to um, how to help other people." But um, you know, one thing just led to another, and um, you know, people who the, the the stereotypical uh, picture that you might have of someone depressed is not generally the person that is depressed. People that are depressed actually look like very happy people a lot of times. Some of them might be mean as heck, mm -hmm. but you know, uh, but you know, they you know they're they're very happy people. Some of them, a lot of them, aren't mean. 
but, you know, depression has different looks. And even me as a clinician, when it comes to uh, depression and suicide, I cannot look at somebody uh, just by looking at them and predict that they would be uh, uh, someone to take their own life. The same way I couldn't look at them to just, I, you know, I used to think that you could have that look and you could tell if somebody was a killer or something like that. You really can't, you can't tell. There may be some people that had that kind of discernment, but not me. And I'm very discerning. And so, um, yeah, I love uh, helping people, uh, particularly with issues of self-esteem and, and learning how to have confidence in themselves and what they can do. Again, you know, I'm transparent. A lot of people looking like, I don't believe that. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I had my period where I was not like that. You see what I'm saying? I had, I had a very low mm-hmm. sense of confidence. And, uh, you know, now it's, you know, I was sensitive to criticism. Now it's just like, if you're criticizing me and it's not constructive, I'm looking at you. That's why I teach my client. I'm looking at you like it's, it's something wrong with you. Because if you really mean something <laughs> for my good, you're going to be constructive, not destructive. So that's something we talk about yeah. too, but don't let me get into that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're saying so that ever since you, so when you were a kid, you knew you wanted to kind of be an entrepreneur, yeah. something you didn't know what that was going to look yeah. like. Um, but what influenced you to go into social work? Yeah, that's the what, good were, there, were there things in your childhood yeah. or someone that you met yeah, or some interaction way. that you had that said? Yeah. Um, no, it wasn't childhood. A lot of us get into mental health because we're trying to find ourselves. That wasn't me. Um, I, I wasn't interested in that. I probably needed to be more interested in that. But at the time, I had <laughs> other problems and I didn't think I had any problems. So, so that's a whole other thing. Too. Yeah, we got a lot we could talk about. But, um, but yeah, so it wasn't childhood, uh, you know, Specifically, you know, like me trying to resolve things, but my childhood probably led me in that direction indirectly. Uh, And what I mean by that, I did have childhood trauma. um, And so there were things that needed to be resolved, although I wasn't seeking for that. Um, And as a matter of fact, I was trying to go the direct opposite because my mother had a psychology degree and uh, I didn't I didn't I wasn't really feeling that. Because, of you know, she wasn't really able to do what she wanted. And so I just had a negative thing about about that. And I'm like, and, and then my grandmother, she brainwashed me with uh, parent adult child pack and uh, Sigmund Freud when I was little. And so it really was kind of a setup. I mean, I think she kind of set me up. And so from the time that I was born, I can remember she was already talking about the temperament, phlegmatic, sanguine, and that's how they would refer to it. Oh, they're sanguine. They're phlegmatic. Could be a conversation without, without that. And uh, so I said, you know, all this stuff that has been indoctrinated into me, I'm not going to do that stuff. I want to make some money. And so I, I had planned to be an engineer. Uh, long story short. A guy came up to me like, Troy, uh, do you want to, you know, are you doing this because you want to help people or you want to do it because you want to make money? I didn't know he was a computer engineer, by the way. And I'm like thinking like <laughs> that, that would just make him not credible to me. And so I thought about, I said, you know, <laughs> I said, you know what? You really are just kind of getting in this for the money. Uh, and so uh, the Lord just revealed to me that I need to change course. And I said, well, God, shoot, what about the money? You know what I'm saying? He was like, well, I'll take care of that because money was real important to me because I grew up so poor. 
Uh, and I had made the declaration that I refused to live like this. I I said, I'll never live like this, you know, and my mom was doing the best she could, but she didn't have a lot of support from, uh, you know, our fathers or whatever. Um, and so, you know, I said, I'll never live like this. And so I had ambition. Um, but moving into college, um, I had a professor in the psychology department because I was going to go. I thought social work was weak. I was like, who wants to be go psychology? Psychology created it all. I was, I was messed up thinking. I'm like, that's that's weak. This a, who, a social worker. But um, but um, my professor said, look, man, you need to look into this. Long story short, Dr. Oler saved my life. He was a psychologist and he's convincing me to consider social work as a master's and then go to psychology for my PhD. I didn't get around to the PhD because once I started counseling people, this is a whole nother story. I said, no, I can't do that. (laughs) It took me almost like almost 20 years to come full circle. But I I was still doing mental health, but not in uh, therapy uh, for a while. So that's that's my story. You can edit all this out. I'm kind of long with it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it. I'm, I'm not going to edit that. Edit any of that out because I think it was great that you're talking about the influences because it was just seeded by your mother and your grandmother yeah. to really explore these components of your personality, your temperament, your mind to really be conscious, have some level of awareness right. about those things as you move in the world, which I think is extraordinarily powerful and awesome because I don't think too many of us get to have that where there's that it, the presence of mind yes. um, as we're growing up. Um, but of course you're fighting it as we do when we're young. We don't realize what's good for us. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but so with all of that information, you then obviously make the transition, go into social work after being convinced by, by Dr. Oler. Yeah. Um <laughs> And now fast forward, you have this, a, a thriving practice. Now we're all in the middle of this pandemic right now. Have you seen any shifts in kind of the kind of issues that are coming forward that people are bringing to you? Or is it kind of an exaggeration of the same? Do you understand yeah, what I mean? Like, are the issues yeah. different or, or? From my experience, um, I think yeah, that's a good question. I think it's more of an exaggeration of the same uh, because I really feel like that um, the pandemic has brought its own uh, ills and worries uh, and, and stressors. You know, it, it's got a life of its own. But also with that, if you had already been suffering from mental health concerns that needed to be addressed, then the pandemic just put that on blast. And so that's what I'm seeing is that it's almost like Christmas. We got Christmas, you know, that time of year. I don't know when this will be aired, but, you know, you, you got Christmas when it when it when it starts to surface. It has a tendency for some people, if you've already had pre-existing things going on mental health wise, Christmas out of all holidays has a tendency to exasperate. Ex- uh, I can't say the word I'm saying, but it, 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 it makes the situation big. <laughs> makes it big <laughs> exacerbate 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 they say if you can't say it just, just I know cut where it you off man just don't don't even try <laughs> you know just let it go <laughs> don't say things you can't Redirect. smell Redirect. you know what I'm saying you know so, <laughs> so it, it has a tendency to make the situation large okay and so I think that's kind of what the pandemic did you know uh and it's what it's doing right now uh, it's bringing people, if you're in mental health, 
it's bringing in people by the droves. Uh, but we're all praying that that it goes away um, because it's 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 just really causing a lot of ill for a lot of people um, unnoticed sometimes um, that this is, is is becoming part of the stressor. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I was actually in a training <laughs> myself talking about mental health. OK. Um, um, Did they give you that, uh, about, that, yeah. that sign that's on the wall? Because I really like that. Uh, don't be afraid to fail, but be afraid <laughs> not to try. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had that one for a while. It's just a reminder for myself. Yeah. That's always a, a thing, um, ongoing um, issue for me. But just talking about those, how trauma triggers or kind of ignites kind of low-lying issues with mental health or, or your mental wellness disturbs, kind of kind of stirs the pot a lot of times. Um, and obviously the pandemic is a huge one because it's covered their globe. Um, so everyone at the same time is enduring the same trauma. But you mentioned also something that we always endure at annually, mm-hmm. which is the holiday season. Yeah, yeah. Um, and usually we talk about and emphasize all of the joy that everyone's experiencing. Oh, we're so excited coming together with family. So why would that then kind of trigger people's issues or disturb people's mental health during that period of time. It's supposed to be such just like a light, glorious time for people. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I, one could argue that um, that that Christmas has the strongest impact with things like this due to the sensory effect. You know, I don't know that there's another holiday that hits on all five senses the way that Christmas does. You know, as far as your, you know, the smell of Christmas, Christmas with the olfactory system, you know, the um, the, the auditory with what you're hearing with the jingle bells and the, the, the bells ringing and the and the uh, the songs of Christmas, you know, um, you know, the smell, like I said, the, the touch, the, the visual that you can't escape the lights and, and Santa Claus and, and the elves and the red and white and the green and it's all over. And so uh, it has a sensory aspect that many times you can, if you have issues from the past, it, it may only take one of these to really kind of bring something like this back to your remembrance. And then you have to kind of grapple with it. But with Christmas, it has such a strong sensory effect and so much with mm-hmm people's families as far as ritual were done around Christmas. And we have to recognize that some people have um, lost loved ones. They, they have been married and, and their spouse is not here. Their child is no longer here. Um, you know, their health is no longer here. They may not be able to be independent, you know? And so, and so when you think of Christmas, you remember when you could do those things, when your children were there or when your family was present or when, before you got the divorce, do you see what I'm saying? Um, if you were traumatized, you remember those times around Christmas, if things were going on, it, it, you could have been experiencing trauma. Let's just say it was a sexual trauma, something like that. It could have been happening periodically all along. But because Christmas it just has its, its effect, it, for some reason, that thing may stand out even more than others. So uh, Christmas has this, 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 and then this is the thing. And I, and I, I like to many times speak about my story is that, you know, before I got married, 
it just seemed like um, I was last for everything, and that's how I would feel sometimes. I'm like, God dang, why you why you gotta make me last? You know what I'm saying? Everybody it seemed to just move faster. Uh, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was getting married fast enough, and so I spent a lot of holidays, a lot of Christmas alone, and trying to stay out of trouble, do the right thing, stuff like that. And so at those times, I would sometimes uh, watch these um, these little movies. Uh, you know. I can't I can't think of any of them, but, you know, a lot of movies where they they would have these characters and they're in the snow capped mountains and they've got their nice cars and they're dressed up with the with the, you know, with the big coats and things like that. And everybody's smiling and, and cooking and eating good food and, and, and the romance is there and all those things. Right. And so I would experience that mm-hmm. watching those movies a lot of times by myself. Sometimes it'd be with somebody, but by myself, Christmas after Christmas after Christmas and I'm seeing the visuals of what I wanted life to be like for me. I wanted to be that family with that. I wanted to have the, the car or the house or to the wife and, and all those things. And it just felt like every like year after year, I'm by myself. So the thing is for me, I thought that once I got married and I did get everything that I imagined that I wanted, that all that would go away. Right. And for a minute, it was like almost like I'm a halfway Grinch of Christmas, you know, to my wife because she couldn't understand and I couldn't understand why I wasn't so happy. But what happens is a lot of times with the mind, it gets used to ritual and routine. If this was a time and season that your mind is used to that you go down just because things change doesn't mean that that it changes just because you are pulled out of war doesn't mean that when you start hearing those firecrackers pop off that your mind just separates you from that traumatic experience so the brain the the brain has that kind of i don't know attaches to things and so i had to uh learn to you know become present with my situation and that took some time and uh and now i enjoy christmas but sometimes there's a little something that's there and it's because of that and so that's what's happening to people a lot of times Mm. And, and, you know, I never really thought about that. Of course, you think about people that may be alone or single or what have you, but don't think about people once, like you're saying, like someone like yourself that has a great family and all of these wonderful things you see from the outside, yeah. a beautiful picture, um, but you're still kind of triggered, for lack of yeah, a better word, about a good the word. past and how, what things used, to be, used, like, to, be used like. to be like. Yeah. And so what can we do We, if we have family members that have lost a loved one? And, you know, I've known several people in the recent months over the last <laughs> year or so that have lost this, lost a spouse, um, um, lost a parent. What are some of the things that we can kind of be mindful of uh, with people that we know to kind of, you know, help them or encourage them to to seek counseling or speak to someone if we see something happening what are those things that we should be looking out for yeah uh, you know i think that when people start a lot of times they start to isolate um you know around this time so you might not see them as much you might not hear from them as much um you know uh people can um you know become sad and and some people even get a little bit irritable you know um this is a season where sometimes people start ruminating on guilt and shame. So another thing is that if you have not um, been accomplished 
this is a season sometimes where you start looking at your accomplishments and just like, wow, I don't know what it is about that, but like, like I'm still not married. I still don't have this job. I still, you, you see what I'm saying? So you might start, if somebody starts to, you know, experience some level of guilt and shame, uh, some people just start losing energy. You just see that they're just fatigued to death. You know, all these things are signs and symptoms that, you know, they may be experiencing that what they sometimes call the holiday blues or seasonal depression, something of that nature. Um, and I think that one of the ways that we can help them is to, um, for one thing, is 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 befriend them. Make sure that you know you you know if they're by themselves, invite them to come and spend time with you. You know they may decline mm-hmm. uh, because it's like oh I don't want to be the third leg or whatever this and that. If they're single or even you know if they're married, you know invite them you know um, um, to spend time with you. Um, go out shopping with them. You know what I'm saying? The worst thing I think around this time is just for people people to be left alone because it's 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 just not enough noise being long, lonely mm-hmm. and alone. And sometimes these thoughts have the tendency to just flood the mind and it leads into a sometimes into deep depression. And so um, you know, that that's one thing is just, you know, kind of monitoring uh the changes. Uh, and then, yes, many times encouraging them that they may want to speak to somebody. Many times, if you know you've got this going on, sometimes we got to pre-plan Christmas. You know, at this huh. time of year that you go into a dark, a dark, you know, period. You see what I'm saying? So what are you uh, doing yeah. to pre, pre-plan Christmas to make sure that whatever it is that's making you feel not so good around that time, you have something to counter that? You see what I'm saying? You may just spoil yourself wow. and go on a trip. You, you may spend money on yourself. You, you know, you do something exciting, you know, something big, something that takes your mind off of it. Or that might be the time that you want to check in and see a counselor just for accountability. You know, so there's there's a number mm-hmm. of things I think that we could look at as far as that's. I mean, that's I think that's so Brad never thought about pre-planning, kind of this kind of preempting. Yeah, you know, it's coming. What the feeling that you know yeah. is coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I do think we get into these cycles of behavior, and we just kind of accept them as that's just the way it is. Yeah. Like it's I, it's gonna happen to me because that's just it's the way it yeah. is. I'm gonna feel terrible, you know, and I'll be okay by like March or whatever. Yeah, by <laughs> you March, right? yeah. <laughs> you know, as, as I work my way out of it. Yeah. Um, but I think that pre pre planning part of it, I think, is important. And as a friend or family member, something that we can also help do exactly. for, for someone. Yes, yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I think those are just, those are great um, points. Thank you. Um, I, um, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm really going to use yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. that, that's good. Yes. Um, so, I, and just to kind of, kind of summarize our, our conversation today, um, one, I think it's fantastic to have someone like you as a counselor that is so thoughtful about creating a kind of community of wellness because you're working with students, people learning to be counselors, people that are currently counselors that want to kind of elevate them. And then also actually just counseling individuals. I think it's the synergy in that is, is pretty awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I said, um, Mm -hmm. I think that's phenomenal. I think, um, I think as professionals and various professionals, I'm not speaking about counseling because I'm not one, so yeah. I can't speak to that. But we just kind of get into 
our thing and don't have that synergy of, of kind of teaching and, and nurturing and supporting each other. You know, we do, we join associations and things like that, but I, I think the level of intention that you've approached it with is commendable. I think Thank it's fantastic. You. So I'm just going to applaud you for, for that right, <laughs> right there. <laughs> um, and give you a chance, please, please share with people, with listeners, how they can reach out to you or if there's some other counselors that may, may want to join your Facebook group yes, um, yes. and be part of that, just share some of that information. Definitely, definitely. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, so Aspire Counseling and Consulting Services is the name of my practice, and I have uh, several other clinicians uh, that are working with me now. I think about we got about three clinicians, uh, about two contractors that are working with us. And, um, you know, we're, we're available to you. If you want to reach out to us about any concerns that you have, uh, you just feeling compelled that I may need to talk to somebody. It doesn't have to be a long term thing. A lot of times we're able to square things off pretty quickly. Sometimes we need more time, but we can definitely be reached at uh, 256-212-0567. That's 256-212-0567. Okay. And uh, for those who are professionals, social work professionals, you could be a student, you can be a bachelor's level, master's level, uh, you know, uh, graduate level or have your doctorate. We, we got something for everybody. And as a matter of fact, every month at Social Workers of Alabama is where you can find me. Social Workers of Alabama is where I am on Facebook. Uh, we've got a free Facebook group where we offer continuing education units. Uh, usually we try to get it at least once a month or sometimes once every other month. But it's a free, free continuing education that we offer along with other networking with awesome professionals, I'm even learning quite a bit off of the group. It's just it's just one of the most amazing things that I've done. But you can check us out on Facebook uh, if you are interested in that. Um, I do. I would be remiss if I did not mention um, part of your of your beautiful Christmas picture is your family, the the women in your life. Yeah, it's, it's, even though it's, some are very small. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. But adorable. I, mean, I don't. I just want to ask you quickly: How has that um, either I don't know changed the way you kind of look at things and how you interact with people, or motivated you even in your career and the work that you do? Yes. Well, it it, it just it hits on so many, in so many different ways. Um, just my family. Um, I, I have a wife. We've been married for uh, what fifteen years, uh, going on sixteen years. Um, and, uh, I hope I got that right. And so, and so <laughs> she'll let you know, she'll, she'll let, let you know. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, and then we have two, two little girls, a two year old and a seven year old, and they just light up my life. Um, they have given me, um, cause for just, just wanting to be, you know, more driven to make sure that, you know, I can, can secure something different for them particularly my daughters that I didn't get to have, you know, a mother and a father mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, a reasonably functional relationship. You can't say functional. When you say functional, that means you're very dysfunctional. So nobody's functional according to what they tell <laughs> us in the sciences. So <laughs> we reasonably functional. We, we, we can't be functional. No, we can't say, be functional. That was the craziest. That was one of the first things I learned. They said we can, 
we can basically <laughs> identify functional or normal, I mean, abnormal, but we can't define normal uh, or necessarily functional. <laughs> we could tell you what it is, but to clearly define what, you know, we, we can't just say that, you know, that that's the case. And if you think you are, it's almost like in the Bible saying, you think you without sin, you know, somebody said that without sin, they're a liar, basically. I think that's what it said. And so, <laughs> so if you, you know, you think you're functional, you're a liar. No, I'm not saying that. But, <laughs> but, uh, no. But they do say a, fo- a foolish man thinks that he's wise. That's, though, that's, right? that's the thing. That's the thing. Even if you have the last name Wise, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it must be so. Well, may- maybe not. Maybe not. You're not. Yeah, I just want to. I want to thank you again for taking this time with me. Please reach out to Troya and um, his practice, Aspire Counseling Al dot com. Um, is also his website, and and maybe you're ha- having a conversation. Maybe you don't think it's for you, but maybe so you can support someone else in your life and you need some some support to support someone else. Um, It doesn't have to be. It's not for the rest of your life. But maybe the time is right now for a lot of us dealing with, you know, pandemic ills and so forth. So thank you again, um, Mr. Wise. And I wish you well and hope you enjoyed this season of your life. Not just holiday season, but just the season of your life. Season of the life. Yes. Yes. Trying to live it. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so so much. much. I appreciate you uh, having me on. I enjoyed talking. All right. I appreciate you. Take care. All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining the journey. I hope you were inspired to lead, speak, and grow today and every day forward. Be sure you follow the Lead Speak Grow podcast on your podcast carrier.